you know, picture tent. Somebody up there told you, Moses up there who's talking to God, he can see a cloud, and he said, pitch a tent. So they take everything off the wagon, they pitch the tent, they put it down. The Bible says whether it be for a month, a year, or a day. So there had to be some days you pitch your tent. Moses said, the cloud will move. They pass it all the way back down the line. I'm not going nowhere. I'll just pitch my tent. I'm going to stay where I'm at. 42 times. 42 times. The Bible don't tell you how many. 42 times. Somebody makes God give us grace that every time we move, we can all move. That's my heart today. And I understand if you can't move, I'm not angry with you. You're stuck. You're going to always, I'll tell you this. I used to say it every year. I stopped saying it because it hurt people. At the end of every year, very last day, I would make a statement. I said, take a good, how many remember the statement? Somebody quoted to the people. Take a good look around you. Take a good look. Just stop and look at every person in here. This time next year, somebody won't be here. We'll lose somebody almost every year, which is a very small percentage. You're not going to lose them because you hurt them or because they got angry. You lose, lose because people, we do lose our first love. We, we love it. Love it. We love it until other things get our attention. Then you first start sharing your first love. Then you end up losing your first love. I stopped saying it because it's heart wrenching. You don't believe me? Just look around the room. Take a look. Take a look around the room. If I stand up this time next year, somebody will not make it. You know that, brother Cody J. That's a reality, and it's nothing new. The first century church had the same issue. Men who sat under Paul's ministry was ministers with him. Ministers with him. We said there was over in Second uh, Timothy. He called one of those ministers' name. He said had Demetrius. I think he was. He said has forsaken me. Having loved this what? This present world. Demons. Yeah, demons have forsaken me. Then he went back to the world. Having loved this present world. It happened to Paul. If it happened to John. If it happened to this. But John put it like this. He said, uh, uh, he said some have left us. They left us because they was not of us. But if they was of us, they would have no doubt has left us. And so they, he, John had it. Paul had it. Peter had it. Jesus had it. He did have it. They followed him until he said, if you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no life. Many of his disciples went away. Disciples now, that means of the 70. It wasn't just a multitude. Many of his disciples, no longer were 70, might have cut down to 40 or 30. Don't tell you how many. Many of his disciples went away sorrowful for that sin. It made no sense. They didn't stay around long enough to get a revelation. So that's part of it. But anybody who loved the people of God, you don't want to see one Leave. You don't. But that's a false expectation. It always has been. It always shall be. It always will be. And the restored church is on. And the earlier church had. God, this is my prayer. Lord, let it not be me. Give me the ability to stay to the end because it's only to him that endured to the end that shall be saved. He says that three times. Him and each of the gospels, through the gospels, him that endured to the end, he shall be saved. Okay, we need to pray. I'm glad I'm here today. What about you? 
I pray for saving grace that God give me the grace to stay to the end. The end of the old man. Give me this one scripture. I'm just I'm talking. Scripture quickly in my mind. I think it's I think it's John. Is that John 13 and 1? Christ having love in his own. He loved them to the end. Is that 13 and 1? 13 and 2? I can find it if I get the Bible. He loved them to the end. Get it for me. 13 and 1. Now, therefore, the feast of the Passover, <laughs> now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, by the way, that's another scripture showing you there's a father and there's a son. He wasn't departing to himself. Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world, this natural world, unto the Father, that's the glorious world, having loved his own. That's talking about his disciples and his apostles which was in the world, he loved them unto the end. Wow. The end of what? The end of his life? No, to the end of their life. To the end, till they overcame. He gave them enough grace to stick to the end. God, give us the same grace. Give us grace to stay to the end. Let's all rise and go before the Lord in prayer. Amen. This is a wonderful opportunity, isn't it? To work out your salvation with fear and trembling, you can only do it because of the grace that God gives us. He gives us grace to stay. He gives us grace to read. He gives us grace to pray. He gives us grace to love one another. He gives us grace to make adjustments. Grace to make a, uh, uh, I hate to put it like this, but I have to. He gives us grace to put a knife in the fat man. You know what the fat man is? It's you. The knife is the word of God that we can bleed out. Get rid of the old man that we can live by the life of Christ. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet it's not I, but it's Christ that liveth in me. Let's go before the throne of grace. Oh, God, we thank you here this morning. Lord. For your great grace, for your loving kindness, for your grace, Father. Lord, we do nothing without you. It's in you we live, we move, and we have our being. We ask you to touch us here this morning, Lord. Help us by your grace. Help us to stay fast, Lord. To be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Help us, dear God. We can't make it without you. We can do nothing without you, Lord. We have nothing to boast in. Oh, God, everything we have, we receive it. Since we receive it, we can't boast. But our soul make it boast in you, Lord. Oh, God, thank you for your people. Thank you for your word, for your mercy, Lord, for this way. Oh, God, we magnify your name this morning. We thank you this morning. We glorify you this morning, Lord. Our soul says yes to you, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way, Lord. Yes to your word, Lord. Yes to your spirit, Lord. Oh, God. Blessed be your holy name this day, Lord. We thank you. We magnify you. We exalt you, Lord. We glorify your name. Have your way in this meeting today. Illuminate our understanding. Help us to give you a perfect sacrifice, Lord. And give you our best. The fruit of our lips, Lord. The sacrifice of praise. You're worthy of it, Lord. You're worthy of it, Lord. Oh, God, you're worthy of it all. Oh, we bless your wonderful name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
guys.
I'm thankful to be here today just thinking about the love, the love. I'm so grateful. Um, he loved me even when I didn't love myself. Um, thinking about that song, you know, uh, he accepted me um, even though I was polluted in my own sin. Um, he still brought me in, and I'm just so grateful. I wanted to tell him that I'm, I'm thankful, and I'm thankful for, for this way. Um, and I just, I just want to go on. Um, I'm just grateful. I don't have any, any kind of uh, remnants, except for a little small cough, but, you know, that's normal. Uh, I'm thankful for the saints that prayed for me that uh, I would make it back, you know. Uh, it's no small thing to me when the Lord uh, delivers me out of uh, my afflictions. I've had many over the years, but he delivered me out of them all. And I, I, it's just not a small thing with me when the Lord does this for me. I just want to stand in front of his people and tell him how grateful I am to him as well as them. But I just thank the Lord, uh, just standing up, just uh, thank the Lord for everything that he's doing for me and everything he did for me. And uh, I don't know where I'd be if it wouldn't be for the people of God, the, the ministry and the people of God. I don't know where I'd be. I got so many examples, young, old, all of that. I got so many examples. I know if they could do it, I could do it. You know, that's, that's the way y'all live. You know, if I could do it, you could do it. No excuses, you know. So I'm just so grateful that being a single man, and everything, how God, how God is able to keep me through his word and everything, how he's just able to just bring me and give me hope at 62 years old. You know, I, I just made a birthday on the 12th of February. I thank God for it. And uh, I didn't thank the church for the flowers that they sent my brother. I wasn't able to go to his service, but I thank y'all for the, you know, for the flowers and everything. But I just, uh, when I first, I'll be always trying to figure out, and I, when I do it, Brother Brown always tease me, I know how I got here, because this is where God want me at. But the thing is, I don't, how long I've been here. And I was listening this, this morning to a, a guy talking on the radio. He said, you could be at church and don't be there, you know. And I just thank God for me. It's not a time that I've been here. I've never been here. Every time I come, I always come trying to give God my best, you know, with my mind on it, you know, to give God my best, you know, and I know my best ain't never good enough, but I know I just got to keep on, keep on trying and trying, you know, until I get to that point. And I, when I first got here, I just wasn't used to people like this, you know, people that's the way everybody is, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't used to, it. it took me a while to get used to it. I'm still getting used to it, you know, but I just thank God for everybody. I mean, I'm not leaving nobody out, female, male, Everybody thank God for all my brothers and all my sisters in the law. Because everybody since I've been here, whether you know it or not, you've been a blessing to me. You know, you've been if it was misunderstanding, it was still was a blessing to me. You know, so it don't matter what. I just thank God for being here because I don't know where I'd be if I wouldn't be here. I don't know, I, I don't I don't know how many times I've been on fail, you know. But I just thank God for the ministry. You know, I because we'll be having our little meetings. I ain't been in a while, but one time, we, the conversation come up about the ministry, how much confidence I got in the ministry. And the brother would tell him, no, you, no, 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 don't have too much confidence. Man, I got confidence in it. You know, I got confidence in it. By me having this confidence, that's going to make you not fall. 
that gonna make you have to be the best you could be to me, brother Ron. And when you know, you know, I appreciate y'all so much. When I first come here, I'm not gonna lie. All, all I, I used to enjoy hearing brother Brown talk all the time, then brother LJ. But I, and brother Brown always tell me all the time, don't you know? Anybody. That's the way it's supposed to be. And I understand that and how important it is for me to hear brother Mike, hear brother brother LJ, hear brother uh, J, hear everybody, brother Greg. You know, it's important. Everybody important. I, and I thank God for that. I really do. And when I first got here, the reason why I ended up here was behind brother LJ. He don't remember. He don't want to remember. <laughs> it was when y'all was going to California. That, I don't know how long ago that been. And I was doing something back there. And brother LJ said something to me. It was kind of rough. And I told him about it. I said, man, you, man, you handling me like that. I'm old enough to be your daddy. He told me like that. You, it wasn't bad, bad, but you know it was bad. So, uh, so then when you see me, you say, well, Brother Vincent, what could I do to make this right what I done did to you? And you kept on going after and kept on going after me. Kept on, man, tell me what I could do to make this right. I said, what in the world is this man talking about? I done told him he done did me something. Now he want to know what he need to do to fix it. So, you know what? I said, you know what? I got I to gotta go check him out. So that's why I'm here, Brother LJ. Because of your, because of the way that you are and everything, and the way you handle me, when you handle me bad, the way you handle me after I let you know, you really, it, it's like a man. I said, man, why you, you know, what, what you mean by what you could do to make things right? Uh, apology will do all right, but you didn't, you didn't, you didn't want that. You, you wanted more. So you, that was my first time seeing that. So that's what got me here. I've been talking to Brother Brown, but it was you, the way you, you know, the way you reacted to that situation. Because you know when you go around people, you're always looking for a fault in them. You always want a reason not to. You know, but you gave me a reason to want to. So I just thank God for you. Amen. Just wanted to extend and express my appreciation for God and his people. Song came to mind when I think about the goodness of Jesus. And all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. And I'm just thankful that the Lord has saved me and he's given me this opportunity to continue to be saved, uh, continue to grow into the fullness of him. And scripture came to mind, how can a young man cleanse his ways? But it's by taking heed hitherto according to his word. And so I want to lay us part all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save our souls. Then it says, but be ye a doer of the word, and not hearers only. For we are hearers and not doers. We are but like a man that beholds his natural face in a glass, and when he beholds it, he goes his way and straightway forget what man of man that he was. But it said, whosoever looks into this perfect law of liberty, and he continues therein, and he is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. And so I don't want to just be a hearer of the word of God, but I want to be a doer. I want to be someone that comes in and listens to these good words and let them fall on good ground, brother LJ. That I can bring forth fruit to perfection. And I just think about what God wanted from his people. He always wanted a family in the earth. He always wanted the people to be sanctified, the people to be holy. That's why he said you are a chosen generation. You are a, uh, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that's supposed to show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so I'm so glad that, Lord, he has brought me out of darkness. I had some, uh, I was in a dark place in my mind. I was in a place of ignorance, but the Lord has allowed me to have understanding. 
And I want to take this understanding and apply it to my life. And I think, I think it's Peter, he says, seeing, uh, seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. And he dropped down, he says, being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so I'm so glad that the word of God just came in and transformed my life, just allowed me to be different, just allowed me to be a better example, just allowed me to show my light so uh, other people can see it and glorify my Father which is in heaven. And so I'm just truly appreciative for such a great hope, such a great hope that we have. I uh, think about that scripture, it says... Um, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquities and purify to himself a peculiar people that zealous us to good works. And so we want to be zealous. We want to be purified. We want to be a peculiar people that the Lord can be happy and be proud of that's wearing his name. So I just want to thank God for being here. I'm thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for the people of God, a people that's sincere, that's striving, that's trying to do all that they know to do to glorify this great God of heaven. So I'm thankful to be here. Feel like weeping right now. <laughs> thankful for uh, thankful for still being here. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I've been um, in the uh, in, in the sanctuary and uh, just reflecting, listening to Brother Cody, listening to uh, Brother Vincent go forth, and I couldn't help but to reflect on my own testimony and what God's already done for me and uh, what He's He's continuing to just remind me of me. And uh, just the way I walked in um, some years ago, um, didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I just knew I needed help. I knew I needed uh, something better than what I already was providing for myself. I had a few dollars in my pocket. I had a few natural things that people can see, but it wasn't, it wasn't enough to satisfy my soul. And just, just really appreciating what, what God's doing in my life today. Um, it brings me to tears, Brother Brown. Just, just think about the goodness of the Lord, um, what he's done in my life, what he's doing in my family's life. Um, I appreciate this altar that it's been down the road all my life. <laughs> Literally, it's been down the road, and um, I never knew of this place, and uh, I can't help but to just, just, look, at, just look at what God has done. We, we, I had a song in my, in my mind when I got up, but it kind of went away. But it's, uh, I believe it's... Uh, too many, too many miles are, are behind me. Um, I was just, just reflecting, just reflecting on that song, and I don't want my time to be in vain. I don't want my, uh, forgive me. The Lord knows I'm going to keep striving. I'm going to keep pressing on. Uh, I just, I don't want to bring down a meeting. I'm just thankful. I had to get up and just, just a pre, it's, it's just amazing when you can just see your life just so fast. I'm 35 years old today. I'll be 36. I'm, I'm still a young man. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I'm, 
criticizing me? What am I doing with my time? Am I spending my time with the people of God? Really? Not talking about it, not working. Am I really spending time with the people of God? Am I really uh, being a good example of this life in Christ? And there's a lot of things that I, I will do. I'm not going to say need to do. I've been saying need. I will do better uh, moving forward from here on out. I have to expose myself so I can do better so people can say, hey, man, how you doing with your time? What you, what you doing? Who you working on? I, I need that type of uh, brotherhood, sisterhood. I need that because it keeps me sharp. Um, so I, I got up just to, honestly, just to relieve myself, but I appreciate the people of God. I appreciate this place. Uh, when I got here, <laughs> y'all had a standard set, and it's still set. And I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate the people of God, the ministry of God, not moving the foundation and just keeping it there. Yeah. Even when I felt like I couldn't reach it, and I'm like, all right, I'm climbing up, but I'm going back a little bit. Not, not purposely, but just, just life. <laughs> I got a brother Brown. I got a phrase. I say, life is lifing. <laughs> that means things just keep happening in my life. And sometimes it's self. Most of the time, it's self-inflicted. Ninety percent of the time, it's me. But I just appreciate that I'm still in the will of God. I appreciate this, this life I have in Christ. And again, I just want to move on with the people of God. Thank you. Well, I was sitting in my seat and listening to all the testimonies. And just this past couple of weeks have been just time of reflection for me. This is my um, emotional season in my life. And um, just thinking about how the Lord has kept me. Just thinking about how, you know, I received the Holy Ghost and got saved. And right after that, I, I was married to someone else and not Brother Dwayne. And I don't know what he thought when I got saved. I don't know what he thought. I thought, you know, what happened? But he lost his mind. And I got divorced within a year of becoming saved. And, and I thought, and I, as I reflect on my life and think about how the Lord, he prepared me for everything in my life. I mean, every step of the way, the Lord was preparing me. And I think about during that time when I was in the assembly and, I desired marriage that was, you know, I was married. I desired to be married and I was probably the most miserable creature you want to meet. <laughs> but even then the Lord kept me and I thought about how the Lord, he's always been there. My feet up nigh slipped, but the Lord kept me. And I think about it, you know, as I go along in my life now, it's just the little bitty things that I stop and thank him for. Those little bitty things, the little things that mean that's just so minute to some people. It's not the money, it's not the job, it's not those things that those it's not the statue, it's not the education, it's not any of those things that I stop and thank the Lord for, it's the little bitty things, like, you know, being able to cut my own grass and wash my own car, I stop and I tell the Lord I thank him for that, just the ability to do those things. When I look at my life, most of my life I've been here, I've been saved without a head, but the Lord has kept me, the Lord has kept me. 
And it's not because of all the teaching. I don't, it's not just the teachings. And I think it's just the, the relationship that I have with him. I'm, I'm always going to say it's little things, but I remember to say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't. I used to think before I got saved that I moved in my own strength. I made my own decisions. Who was smarter than me? Who could figure out things for me better than me? I, I mean, I remember. I don't know if you remember this, Brother Brown. I remember when I first met you, came this way, and I just gotten divorced, and you you scheduled a meeting for me to come in and look at some thing, natural things, my finances to make sure everything was in order. I don't know if you remember that that meeting or not. And I think you know you were quite shocked that I had everything in order. And I thought when I left that meeting, well, who he thought I was? <laughs> he don't know me. But now I know that it's not me. I'm not, it's not me. I don't glorify me. I don't glorify my flesh, my ability. It's God. When I look back over all those things, the Lord kept me. The Lord prepared me for every situation in my life. I was prepared to move. move. I was going to Lafayette. I was definitely going to Lafayette. And my grandmother got sick, and I had to help take care of her, so I couldn't go to Lafayette. But even in that, I just think it was the Lord. That was the Lord keeping me. That was the Lord keeping me, and I'm so thankful. I appreciate the Lord just for keeping me. I'm just so, so thankful. I don't have a sad story. just wanted to stand and let the Lord do that. I'm thankful. I appreciate him. I never forgot where I came from. I never forgot the journey that I've been on, and I'm just so, so thankful. I just appreciate the Lord so much. Amen. Uh, this morning I'm here to tell the fat man that, <laughs> uh, like Joshua, me and my family, we're serving the Lord. You know, sometimes the fat man, he's telling you, he's giving you any reason not to serve the Lord. And like Brother Brown said, you need to stop him. Let him bleed out because you need more God than him. You know, sometimes, like, in your life, uh, like, you feel like something going on. But f let's say, um, from my background, you'll think about, like, spooky stuff going on. What, what's going on? What, what happened? But, you know, but it's the fat man acting. Because when you stab him, you will make a mess and trying to make you, uh, like, clean everything up. But God is here. God is protecting you. God is watching over you. So I'm... I'm thinking like uh, like on Psalm uh, 139, when uh, when David said, "God, you know me. You know uh, like my members, like all my thought. Like if I go to heaven, you, uh, here you are. If I go down to the earth, there you are again." And I always uh, keep reading this uh, uh, psalm, and so God can help me and my family. So I'm very glad to be here this morning. And I just wanted to declare that me and my family, we serving the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Fat man. What a knife to the fat man. Thank God we're trying to take this sword of God. 
and cause him to bleed out. You understand the word of God is quick, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even dividing the son of the soul from the spirit, the joints and the marrow. Is the discerner of the very thoughts and intent of the heart. So I appreciate God. I was just thinking as, as different ones were uh, testifying. Thankful for this way. I'm thankful. I, I believe as someone, me, Sister Michelle was saying, thank God that down through the years the Lord has kept us. But you know, it's something about being kept. You have to want to be kept. And when you will obey the word of God, when you'll submit to the order of God, you're showing the Lord that I want to be kept, Lord. I want to be safe. I want to, I want to be saved. And so as he talked about that scripture, actually his brother uh, Rock was mentioning, search me, Lord. Know my thoughts. Try me, Lord. Know my heart. If there be any wicked way in me, lead me in the way of everlasting. And so that was, as someone mentioned that song, too many miles behind us. Too many things that the Lord has brought us through. And so God brought us to this good day. He brought us to this good place. And as I'm not trying to quote song, but this one here came to my mind, and I don't know why it just wouldn't leave. Lord, I don't want nothing here to hinder me. And when I say that, I don't even want me to hinder me because I can hinder me. I can be. No, I can't be. I am my biggest problem. And so thank God, uh, uh, down through the years, God, he has to let you uh, see those things. And so Paul, I was just thinking about this. The kingdom of heaven, not Paul going back to Jesus Christ. The kingdom of heaven, it was like a grain of a mustard seed that was planted, began to grow, began the great, greatest of all trees, and the fowls of the air. They came and they lodged in the branches thereof. Brother, I don't want to be one of those fowls of the air that just came and lodged in the branches. Thank God we're a part of something, aren't we? I, I am the true vine. My father is the husband. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he cut it off, didn't he? But he said every branch in me, thank God that bears fruit, he purges it. Thank God that it be birth, bring forth more fruit. What is God doing to us, all of us? He's purging us that we might bring forth more fruit. And see, that's what he did with that. He was making reference. I understand the branches being the Earl of Rain Church, he purged those branches. And so here we are down here 2,000 years later, we're still eating, partaking of that which was given to those branches. I'm glad to be here. I don't know about you. Thankful for God for having, but that's, uh, that's uh, uh, Paul, that's back to my point there. Paul made this statement to uh, Timothy. And see, we can start. Thank God we can start, but it's not where a man starts. Not how he starts out. It's where he ends up. We started in the, think about it. When we came here, we were born of the flesh. That's who we were. But how is it? He taught Paul, rebuking those foolish Galatians. How is it that you've begun in the spirit and think you're going to be made perfect in the flesh? It's not going to happen. And so Paul admonished Timothy. He told me, he said, now you continue thou in the things which thou have learned with, uh, uh, from a child. You've known the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make you wise unto uh, salvation. And so from a child, you learn these things. They're, you understand what they can do for you. 
My God, I just want to make sure we can, I can, we can implement it into our lives. And I was thinking, just listen to the testimony, how he said Jerusalem, that's who we are. We are the Israel of God. We are part of that heavenly Jerusalem. Jerusalem from above, she's free, she's the mother of us all, but Jerusalem is as a city that is compacted together. And so I'm thankful for every one of you. I believe every one of you adds something to me that I can't add to myself, but I'm glad for you. I appreciate God for you. And see, the Bible makes us to know two is better than one. He said, for they have a good reward for their labor. He said, one fall, thank God another can help him up. But he said, woe unto that man is alone when he falleth. My God, he had not another to help us up. And so I'm saying, Lord, keep us. I'm saying, Lord, keep your mind, guard your mind with all diligence. For out of it come the issue of life. You realize that? And I, that's, I'm, I'm going back to that point. I don't want nothing here to him. Not a thought, idea, concept, anything. What I need to do, what I didn't do, I don't want nothing here to hinder me. My God, if you've begun this work, God has put something in you. He brought you to this great day, to this banqueting house where the banner of us is love. My God, don't let no lie. If it's anything, Mike, if I owe you an apology, if I need to repent to you, oh, let me just get it right. Let me do those things. Bible talks about forgive and you shall be forgiven. If I need to do that, whatever it is, my God, I don't want nothing here to hinder me. Oh, Lord has brought us to this good day. He means for us to make it. Now, whether you make it or not, or appreciate the fact that you can make it or not, he brought us here to be overcomers. I don't want to forget the hope. I don't want to forget our purpose for, for the Lord bringing it. But someone said it, that I, it's a relationship, please, Sister Michelle, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering. And being made conformable to his death. Just as he died out the self sin, thank God we want to be made conformable just like that. Hallelujah. But it's in the power of the resurrection. We received the baptism of the Holy Ghost when that soul came alive. But my God is not done yet. The job is not done yet. Won't be satisfied. Will not be satisfied. Cannot be satisfied until we awaken his likeness. Until we're just like him. And every man that had that hope, thank God he will begin to purify himself. Even as he is pure. And that way, nothing. My God, I don't want nothing. And so as we, we two, just thinking about these, the things that were said. Too many miles behind him. Think about your life. Think about when you first got saved. My God, God gave me the baptism of the Holy Ghost January 5th, 1992. That's a mile behind me. But my God, too many things. Think about it that the Lord has brought us through. And he brought you through one. Thank God he will bring it to you again. Through this trial, through this trial, all that he might come to that perfect day. For the path, remember that. It's the way that man walks, the way that man travels. It's as a just man. It's shining more, the path of a just man. That's the way he travels. That's the way he walks. It's as a shining light. Thank God it's going to shine more and more to a perfect day. But the beauty of it is, 
I want us to make sure I stay on that beaten path. Brother, this path has already been trodden. We've seen others do it before. Jesus Christ did it. My God, he was the first fruit of those that slept. You had those that came behind him. And my God and the Lord, think about it. He had long patience until he received both the early and the latter rain. So we have this great cloud of witnesses. Thank God they're gone before us. And so we're not doing any new thing here. But we have to think. See, listen, thinking about this, Jesus Christ made this statement. He said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be given unto you. We have to abide in the word of God. It's in the word of God. Wherewithal, that's how we do it. In the word of God. We have to, but when you think about, and it's just a thought, when you think about boundaries, boundaries of a city, of a place, my God, the word of God, that's what kept. Remember when that man, he built a new house and he put a battlement around the roof. Thank God that was the word of God. You don't want to go up to that boundary. Thank God he put that boundary there so you can be saved. The word of God, amen, is what's able to keep us safe. And so I appreciate God for this opportunity, but I'm not sad. I appreciate all that he's done, but the best is yet to come. I'm saying, but we have to, we have to, we have to stay on this beaten path until we come, until we get that which we serve the Lord for, that which we work for. And see, the Bible says, he says, see that you lose not. You can lose anything. I, 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 this mind, think about it. You got to watch it. Brother, I've never been to China in my life. But I'm telling you, this mind can imagine being over in China somewhere. Brother, it's a great nation. Isn't it? The biggest nation in the world is my imagination. And so thank God we have to guard this. What we think on, what we give ourselves to, what we allow to come before us. My God, because don't think, listen, can a man, think about it, can a man walk upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? That's not good. Can a man take fire into his bosom and he not be burned? That can't happen. Keep thinking. We're taught. When those thoughts come, when those fiery darts of the wicked come, we can cast them down. Oh, God, thank you. I appreciate the mind. But when you flood your mind with the word of God, brother, those what? listen, the word, those thoughts have to flee if you flood your mind with the word of God. Now, if you flood your mind with those thoughts, the word of God is not going to do any good. Amen. <laughs> Receive with meekness. The engrafted word, which is able, if we allow it. This, is, this life is about let, allow. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let brotherly love continue. Thank God we have to allow it to happen. And so I appreciate God. We're moving on in Jesus' name. We're moving on until the crown is gained. We're trusting God, not fearing man, but let's keep on until we get to the end. To the end of this old man. Thank God when death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is thy strength? Pray, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God. 
which giveth us the victory. Yes. Hallelujah. Let's say Christ Jesus. I'm happy to be a I'm happy to be a part of what God's doing. I'm happy for all of you. Thank God, my brothers, my sisters in Christ. This is what I draw strength from. And I'm glad to be here. Appreciate all of you. Amen. I would like for precious saints, I didn't see it on the Bible saying, to address my question. You remember the question, don't you? There's two men in the Bible. Both seem to have done the same thing. One found no room. Paul said, though he sort of comfort. And the story of the prodigal son, the young man did the same thing. He sold that which was given to him as an inheritance. He had no great value to it. It seemed as if his outcome was good. Received back to his father's house, elder, older. So, I asked a question. You help me with this. I help you with it. Why did one seemingly Receive a different outcome than the other, different factors. Hoping someone would address that. Did hear, I heard the Lord in the meeting. Coming through. Started with Sister Linnea. Just thinking on that. Stood up. Day when I was put loose. Scripture. And I heard Brother Rock, as for me in my house, I want to serve the Lord. I heard Brother Jeremiah. Words, Brother Jackson, Turner, and Jones. You know, names like that, I told him he should be a lawyer. Turner and Jones. Yeah, I missed my calling. And I want to say this to you, sister. I look at who you are now and where you started from. Out of humility. It's nothing. You are a living witness. God can do things. Come on, your mouth. Cast you out. That's today by the grace of God. Yeah. Now, we, we do appreciate your transformation. Wasn't always easy, but you did have stick to it. Credit for that. Making correction. Go ahead, ma'am. So, as far as for Esau, the difference is he despised his birthright. He, it was, I mean, he just didn't, unlike the prodigal son who actually asked for his inheritance, Esau just despised the fact that he had a birthright. Um, he, um, I, I, I guess I don't really know how to articulate, but he gave away something he didn't have or he, he didn't have. Or, I mean, it, it was, it, he was going to have the inheritance, but he didn't have it, but he gave it away. I mean, it, it meant nothing to him. It meant absolutely nothing. And then he married wrong. So. Those are valid points. 
But, but, when the problem of the prodigal son, he didn't have his either. He requested it. The father wasn't dead. You're requesting the father give you your inheritance while he's living. You only get your inheritance after the testator's deceased. That's pretty, that's pretty outspoken. That's pretty, I hate to use this term, but that's pretty aggressive. And yet the father complied. And he had no appreciation because he went out and he wasted it on riotous living. And you got to remember that this man was taught the custom of Israel. And the, 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 I'm watching this time. I'm going to speed this up and not settle my words. There's nothing a Jew detests more than a pig. They couldn't even touch the corpse of a pig. Couldn't touch it. This man went out and fed them. That's about as much reproach you can bring on your nation and on your father. So I don't see him being much different than Esau at all. Someone else help me, please. Sister Vanessa, I'm interested in your take. You've given this example before how some people have a love of money and some people have a love of what the money can do for them. Like the story of the prodigal son, he wanted the money to be able to get the things that the money could do, whereas Esau just, he, there was no value in it to him. But my other thought was going back to Romans 9, um, starting in verse 11. It said, for the children, this is um, Esau and Jacob, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to the election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. So it had nothing necessarily to do with them, but it was that the purpose of God might stand. You sound like Sister Grace, she tried to, I've been married a long years. Sister Grace tried to steal the corn from me this morning. She used the same thought. Child's been, not being born and then either good or evil. I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was asking around, but I wouldn't answer. But that's a good thought. Uh, Sister Janita, that is a valid thought. But I'll ask you this. Did he not, in the foreordained plan of God, but did he not prove himself to be worthy of being rejected? So he did earn his outcome. Sister Janita. Well, you did earn it. But let me let me inject this and I'll stop. We all earn death. It was passed upon because of the fall of Adam. All God has to do is leave us to ourselves. You will do something to earn your outcome. That's just a fact. And so God can predestine the end from the beginning not knowing what you're going to do or not saying you're going to do this, just leave you alone. Just not give you the same measure. He gave Jacob more grace. Did Jacob not earn death as well? But God just gave him more grace. Well, go ahead, Sister Janita. So uh, if it's wrong, it's just for clarification. <laughs> I, had, I had a few, a couple things. One, I did... Um, noticed that as Sister Michelle and Sister Vanessa said, he despised it. Another one, I'm reaching. But 
I know how the firstborn is always rejected, and I thought about the lineage, Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, even with Jacob and Esau, he was the firstborn. And then it also talked about the um, elder serving the younger in those nations. And then looking at the prodigal son, oh, also, like Sister Michelle said, he married wrong multiple times, and he knew that it grieved his parents. He only married wrong twice. Well, that's multiple. That's multiple. <laughs> the third time he got it right, though, when he saw it displeased his parents. I mean, he, the first, even the first time I mentioned that it grieved his mother and father, and then the second time, even after receiving a blessing, no, after receiving a blessing, he did it again. So it's yeah, but he did marry an Ishmaelite, which that was in the family's lineage. But he knew it, he knew, but he knew that it was disappointing to his family. To his, so it's it the was, best he could do. Well, he's not signing the and he saw, but he had limited choices. No, he didn't. Okay, keep going. I'm gonna gain so, on <laughs> Keep going. And um, so. I know the scripture says that he sought the Lord with repentance, but then was it really repentance or was it just a godly or worldly sorrow? You look at the prodigal son, when he went back, he was humbled. He said he'll do whatever. He just wanted to be back in a family. Esau, I can't say that he was humble because of his lifestyle. Even though he was regretful what he did, was it because of what he really did or was it because he didn't receive his, he realized he got rid of his inheritance. So I think the difference was the humbleness and the attitude and the, the way he came back. Repentance. Each point is very good argument. Good answers. So Sharon, I saw your hand. Um, I kind of looked at everything that Sister Michelle and Sister Vanessa and Sister Junior said, but on her last thought, I looked at the way we judge ourselves. To me, Esau didn't judge himself correctly, and he blamed Jacob. He actually blamed and re had resentment, whereas the prodigal son came back. He realized I was at fault, and like she stated, he humbled himself and repented for what he did wrong. Okay, let me get a Bible. Anyone else? I appreciate your thoughts. Very, uh, very in-depth and very valid. I do. Um, now I have to ask you this question. Predicate upon your answers, you've seen that these men, the two of them, receive a different outcome. You're seeing Esau has been rejected, uh, didn't find room for repentance. And supposedly the prodigal son was, everything was put back. Is that correct? Go ahead, Sister Grace. Give him a mic. Just give him time to bring the mic. Well, I'm predicated upon the answers that you've given <laughs> because it seems as if we're looking at Esau one way with a, a, a certain end and the prodigal son in this parable with a different results. Go ahead. I because think. it predicated upon the answers that I'm hearing. Right. I, I would say it is different because the prodigal son, as was stated, as I talked to you about this morning, he did go back and he repented to his father, asked his father for forgiveness too. And he repented. And he, but Esau never did repent. Not to his, not, not to his parents. No. Jump on me. So I would say yes. Um, for the prodigal son, he did go back and his repentance was really out sincere. 
Okay. Uh, go ahead, Brother Mister. I'm interested in your. I'm interested in your. Take where you see it. The prodigal son did humble himself and repent to his parents, well, his father, for what he did, and his father did forgive him, but he wasn't fully restored to where he was prior to him getting his inheritance and leaving. He didn't get another inheritance. Brother, he this just, you scared me. What you're saying is on point. It's a point that's missed. The inheritance that was spoiled, they both got the same results. They both even after Esau sold his birthright, he still was his father's son. And his father loved him till the day he left this earth. Uh, he blessed him. And the same is said of the prodigal son. It's a point to be made here that's often missed. The prodigal son was received back. His father was so glad he came back. He blessed him. But what he did not do, he didn't get another inheritance. They both got the same results. They both rejected their inheritance, they spoiled it, and they never got another inheritance. Let me go a little further with that. This is, what, this, this is the point that's missed, and this is the very point Christ is making in this parable. You do have an inheritance. When you come into the kingdom of God, you have an inheritance. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're in an order that can bring you to immortality. You have an inheritance both in the an eternal, uh, eternal inheritance and also in the present life that you live in. But if you don't, and by the way, I'm going to take a few moments. I need to do this. Because you, you have to learn what your inheritance is. And if you don't appreciate it, if you don't value it, you wouldn't say you're doing it, but it's what you'll do. You'll sell your inheritance. You would waste your inheritance. You'll, you won't get another one. You'll lose your inheritance. The prodigal son, as I pointed out Friday, just, just to clarify, important. Remember this, and I learned this when I was in the B church. Uh, the race isn't given to the swift, nor the victory to the strong, but it's actually enduring to the very end. That's the end of your old nature. That's the end of your old desires. That's the end of your old cravings. That's the end of your old lifestyle. That's the end of your old man. At any point, right up to the test, I gave these brothers this, right up to, and I'm just for you sisters also, up to the time you engage, that's why I teach brothers, don't put your hands on nobody. Don't let yourself get loose with nobody. Keep, keep some God between you all. Because right up to the time you take your vows, do you take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Or do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? You can say no. If you didn't put your hands on her, if you didn't mislead her to, and, put, and combine your resources, they asked me at one time at this youth seminar, can they uh, can, uh, engage people, combine their resources? Can I take my resource and put it with his for? Well, yeah, if you want to lose it, you join a bank account with whoever you put it, you, it means your money has no value to you. So when he goes, you go back and the bank account is clean, but you shouldn't have put it in there. The point is this, right up to the time that you breathe your last breath, you got a right to say, Lord, I don't want to go no more. Uh, Lord, I'll take an off-ramp. God give you the freedom of choice, and he won't take it from you. 
And the point I'm making is this. If I don't value my inheritance, if I don't value that with someone else, inheritance is something you didn't work for. It was given to you by someone, by their death. They gave you that. Christ died to give you your inheritance. I didn't earn it. I inherited this. It's an inheritance. And the key is, and we'll look at it, your inheritance among those that are sanctified. When I separate myself from those that are sanctified, I don't value my inheritance. I'm just like a prodigal son. I went out and wasted my inheritance. It's living. It doesn't mean God can't receive me back. It doesn't mean I can't come back to the Lord and he not bestowed me and loved me, but my inheritance I've spoiled. Are you following me? Let's take a moment. And uh, I want you to pay attention to this. And, and by the way, Esau, <laughs> he said, well, his motive or repentance wasn't right. Or he didn't, he didn't have the right spirit. The blessing he was after is that the, uh, the choice of the firstborn would get a double inheritance, plus he would get the famous name, the famous lineage, which whom Christ was going to come. Now, when Esau, uh, Jacob stole his birthright, I mean his, uh, his birthright, the double portion, he wasn't too upset by that. But it was that blessing. He wanted that blessing. And by the way, that's your inheritance. I'll get into this in a minute. Uh, when you're in the kingdom of God and you're on a street called street, if you're trying to do the right thing for the right motive, blessing just simply means favor, happy. God is happy to see that, and that's your blessing. He'll touch your mind, make you the head and not the tail, and above and not beneath, going in. You have to sit and learn, but he will bless your desire to do your best, to be your, he'll bless it. If he doesn't give you that blessing, he doesn't support your life, doesn't do anything to you, self-destruct. You can forfeit that until it's a pathway of just bad decisions. Uh, let's go through some scripture. First of all, let's take Esau. Just real, just real, I want you to get this, and this is the thing you try to bring your young people up to understand. I tell them all the time that the greatest thing that an older brother, a pastor, a father can do for a young man is keep them from hurting themselves. And so you're you blessed to have that. There's someone to help you because young men are rambunctious. I'm just saying, we're self-will. We're, we're bodacious. Nothing we won't try. And if you tell someone not to do something, you just increase the desire for a male to do it. That's what you did. And so you have to have a blessing in your life to keep you from hurting you. Go ahead, Brother LJ. Sir. Just before we get too far, uh, maybe to clarify, uh, we said it kind of fast, and I know we don't talk about these things often. Um, when people heard the question, and Sir. the way the question was posed Friday, it was with a little uh, craftiness or guile. But it wasn't because Esau sold his birthright. That, that was like extra information. And so everyone focused on that information. It's, it's because he didn't value the birthright, the Lord allowed Jacob to take his blessing. Just to clarify, yeah, because there is a difference. There's a difference between, so, the, between the birthright, which is a double portion. And the blessing. And the blessing. 
which is what God's going to honor your life because Christ is going to come through your Correct. seed. Just want just so everybody would know that it's two, it was two different things. Two different things. And but they we, both by inheritance though. They both by inheritance, but going back because uh, we quote the scripture, three scripture, how Esau uh, he sought repentance carefully with many tears, but repentance was the second place found for it. But it wasn't. And I don't want to turn it into that, but he did get a he did get a blessing. He got a blessing, but, but it wasn't, wasn't the, with the blessing. The blessing. Correct. And so, if the Lord, <laughs> it's gonna sound comical, but the Lord don't judge the way we judge. Correct. Even going back to the prodigal son, he gave him the father gave him his once your inheritance. I'm not angry at you when you repent and you come. I just can't restore you. I can't restore your your inheritance. Your inheritance. Yeah, when I say restore you, as far as everything that was rightfully yours, you didn't you didn't plunder that. Yeah. You didn't you, you but I'm not mad at you. No. But you've taken it and used it and spoiled it. There's no more I can give you. I've, I've given you what I can give you and you didn't value it. That that's that that's, and so that's, I think sometimes that's the, that's the that question was kind of and make well, make no no, I'm, I appreciate it. It make you think. But so, even, um, and I'll say this and sit down. But I came in, I heard you asking the sisters uh, about the brothers' meetings and different things. And I did hear, I believe, in Sister Christine. The deception is you ask a question, you get an answer. The goal is learning how to search the scriptures out. It's people giving you keys. It's not just coming and asking me what's five plus five learning how to get to 10. And so that's what we want you to have an appetite and learn how to understand the word of God. We right. want to give you keys. We're going to open the door eventually, but we want you to try to, and so when you're listening to questions or even your own questions, play it in your mind a couple of times. Am I it's hearing this correctly? I just wanted to put that I appreciate it. That's very valid. In a religious setting, there is a person who stands before you. He preaches to you and he teaches you. In the body of Christ, we're trying to get you to think for yourself. Learn for yourself. I can tell or we can tell how much you see and can't see by what you say and don't say. What you do and don't do. Uh, that's how we know where you are. We take your temperature. How do you act when you're upset? How do you act when you're angry? How do you act when you're disappointed? That's a, that's a gauge. We can gauge your maturity or lack thereof. What comes out of your mouth? Who do you associate with? Uh, that's gauges. You take, for instance, uh, let's, take, let's go ahead and take Esau. Esau's biggest problem was his association. He didn't just marry these two daughters. He was, he was affiliating with them. That's why they was appealing to him. Uh, the prodigal son, and we can just look through it. He was raised in his father's house. He just had an appetite for something out there. That's where his appetite was. And the father, wisely enough, let me make some statements here. Let's go through some scriptures. If it's somebody's desire to do something other than what you're doing, if my kids, I had three, uh, Janita probably was the most desirous to go out into the world. She wanted outside of church. 
she couldn't wait till she get old enough to get outside of church. Did I get you right, Janita? Worse than the other two, they're boys, they're more rambunctious, but I could handle them different. Uh, I could ride them, I could break them, uh, at least try to. And they might have had thoughts, but she had enough freedom to express them to me. Uh, we're not like nobody else in church. We can't do anything. Others do it. I say, well, I'm not raising them. Yeah, but you don't want to do this. But it doesn't matter. But the point is, she was on a countdown, and when she get graduated, she's gone. What saved her, and it was God, that we came into contact with Northern California. And in Northern California, there was a family named Chris Pratt who had the same standard. He had the same appreciation for the word of God that I did. And the advantage they had was hundreds of young people who loved God. And I remember, I'm going on somewhere with this, she was going to spoil her inheritance. Her inheritance is righteousness, dedication, commitment. She was going to sell out to the world as soon as she get graduated. Whether she was going to do it in New Orleans, or she was going to go to school, or she was going to do it halfway around. It was, it was a done deal in her mind. Uh, being crafty, I caught her with God. I persuaded her to go out there for just two weeks. Or oh, a week, it was a week or two weeks. Two weeks. And after that, you can go anywhere you want. I will not bother you. You can do whatever you want. Well, I know she's going to sell her inheritance. But my hope is that when she was out there, she could learn the beauty of this inheritance. The place she was in, no one else valued what they was taught. They did what they wanted. And I was proud for that if she go out there, she can see light and death. She can see good and evil. And, and when she went, she wrote me back. I had the letters until we just, I just lost them years ago. She said, Daddy, these people are just like you. Remember that? Then it was the next week, she said, Daddy, I'm so glad you sent me. And so when she's trying to come home, the question was, can I go live out there? But nobody wants to even want to lose the house. I said, absolutely, leave the house. Yes, please go. So he put it to stay in, in Brother Chris Pratt's house. Because you're going to be in the same time I would have you in. He's going to hold you to the same standard I'm holding you to. And then she learned to value her inheritance. Then the fact that she don't act like everyone else meant something. And the fact she can't talk like everyone else meant something. And the fact that there was a standard in her life, she valued that inheritance. It wasn't hers, it was given to her. I gave her that. I gave her her values. I gave her her restrictions and her restraints. And I gave her, whether you do it or not, you're going to learn this Bible. It wasn't an option in my house. You're going to learn the Bible. I can't make you do it, but you will learn it. And so she didn't value that. When she got there, everybody learned the Bible. So she valued the fact she wasn't ignorant. Am I get you right, Sister Janita? Now, you have an inheritance. If you're in this assembly, you do have an inheritance among those that are sacked. If you're here, you will learn. You say, you can't make me learn. No, I don't have to make you learn. You just won't stay. If you're not learning, you won't stay. I can tell you that for a fact. So you don't have to value your inheritance. At some point, you will lose it. Let me show you something real quick. Brother Jay made a statement. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. 
a parent's job, look what the Bible says. The children doesn't lay up for the fathers. The father lays up for the children. What are you laying up? An inheritance. It's not gold and silver and money. This is something much value than that. His wisdom is greater than rubies and, and silver and gold. The value of it is greater. And the wisdom of God is the greatest thing you can get. That's your inheritance. You got to value that. You can't sell it. Buy the truth and do what? You have to get this. You have to get this. This is a place, what is that, Psalms? He said, uh, I can't pull it up. It'll come to me. Uh, the lions have fallen to me to a goodly place. It's talking about your inheritance. Get that scripture for me over in Psalms. Uh, I can't pull it up. Is that not Psalms 19? Or is it? Hold on, Lord. Touch my mind. The scripture came to me. I can see it, so I need to touch it. What is it? 16. That's it. Is it 16 and 5? 16 and 6. Let me go to this scripture first. I want you to get to, you have to value your inheritance. If, and if you hear, you do have an inheritance. Our job is to keep you around long enough that it has value. Sometimes you have to do like I did with Janita. You have to work it. That's why you send people to fellowships. Young people, you don't want them by themselves. Go to this meeting. Why do you think I'm telling you to go to New York? Everybody in New York may not be serious, but you will feel enough people there who value their inheritance. It's going to mean something to them. I need you in that environment. Just like I did with Janita going to California. Let's, let's read some of this, these good scriptures, these good truths. Um, and I'm going to say it again. If you don't value your inheritance, you will lose it. It's just a matter. You'll spoil it. And both Esau and the prodigal son did the exact same thing. And it got the same outcome, says Eternal. Neither one of them got the inheritance. I can do a lot of things for you, son. Give you a ring and give you a robe. But I don't have an inheritance to give you because my portion has to go to the elder son. You got your portion. He got his portion, one portion. And he gets a double portion, which is my portion when I die. So I can't take that which is entitled to him now and give it to you again. I can't do that. When you lose your inheritance, even if you make your way back to the kingdom, if you make your way back, nobody can take you again and pour into you the same way. They can't bear and fall with you, with you the same way. They can't put you in a high chair and let you do all your, uh, your development all over again. You lost that. That's gone forever. Nobody, you can't pick the form up and have the same liberty that a newer person has. We're not going to always be accessible to you. We're going to treat you like you've been here for how many years you were before you lost, lost out. It may be too much for you. So it's hard to get back. Even if you get back, you're not going to get the inheritance. When you walk through these doors, every one of you, anybody, everybody in the kingdom of God, when you receive the Holy Ghost or you converted, they're going to see nothing but the good in you until the worst is forced on them. Now, you can portray yourself different than what, but you have to show us the evil. Because we're not looking for your faults, we're looking for your love for God. And so we're going to treat you like you're gold, like you're civil, or you're a precious stone. You have to prove that you would have stubble. Are you following me? You inherit that. You didn't earn it. It's imputed to you. It's imputed to you to believe good about you. That's everybody give you that benefit. You inherit that. 
But if you lose out and you come back, people going to remember you that you lost your way and you just came back. You got to prove yourself all over again. This time you got to prove yourself. Nothing is, you inherited nothing. The first time you inherited. But if you can make your way back, you got to prove that whoever you were when you left, left that you don't, you don't kill that man. So it's not, Brother Rick, the first time you came, we believe that you're going to be here till the day you die. Brother Jacob, first time you sit right there, I looked in your eyes and I saw your sincerity. My mind is there's a candidate for the bride of Christ. I don't see nothing else. You, Sister Chanel, come right out of the Catholic Church. But when I, everything is imputed to you, that's part of your inheritance. We just believe that you're here forever. Now, you got to prove different. Am I making sense? But once you've done it, you can't unlive what you did. We forgive you, but we're not that confident in you no more. Am I making sense to you? Here's the prodigal son. I want you to watch this. No, let's first get this scripture. Uh, 16, start in verse 5. Start in verse 5. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Thou mayest tame. That's a key thing. My lot. Your lot is your portion. Uh, when you come to the kingdom of God, righteousness is imputed to you. You believe God, so we impute righteousness to you. We look at you. You're not made righteous yet, but we count you to be righteous. It's just, it's your inheritance. We see you the way the Lord. See, it's imputed to you. Here we go. Verse, and so these are wonderful verses. Verse 6. This is just a touch a little bit. The lines, the word lines is portions. That's your inheritance. Are falling out to me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly. See that word line and the word inheritance? Look it up in the Greek. In the Hebrew, it's the same word. Uh, I have a goodly heritage. I have a good, these lines is good places. You see the good in me. You see the desire to do right in me. It's falling to me in goodly places. This is wonderful. You're going to treat me like, you're going to teach me all that you understand. You're going to show me how to go in. You're going to show me how to make money, how to pay my bills, so I don't have to beat and cheat and steal. You're going to teach me how to stand up and how to sit down. You're going to teach me how to go in and to go out. You're going to, you're going to give me all you have. I'm inheriting you. Whatever you have, you're going to give it to me. Whatever the Lord has for me, you're going to use your human instrumentality to flow it to me. Because you owe me. Why do you owe me? Because it's imputed to me. That's your inheritance. Inheritance. Spoiled it. So you didn't lose your inheritance to overcome or what? No. What, like? I appreciate the question. You hadn't lost the ability to be eternally saved. That's an eternal inheritance. But what causes you to be eternally saved is being made the righteous of God. What enables you to be made the righteous of God is God uses human instrumentality. People have to pour into you. Someone, you can't be saved without saviors. Over in... Uh, um, Nehemiah 8, he called, he called ministers saviors. You're saviors. What do you, you mean saviors mean deliverers. They're delivering you from yourself. They're helping you. But if you're vulnerable and you touch it and you can't take correction, things will run you off, they can't save you from you. They're not going to correct you and rebuke you and reprove because you can't take it. You see something to run off. So it takes God to have a way he's going to do it to give you that eternal life. I'll work on you. I'll work on you. I'll work on people who you have confidence can be able to take it. But you're not going to touch something if 
it's going to disintegrate on you. You handle them differently if you touch them at all. You leave them alone for the most part. You lost your inheritance. Uh, let me go through the scriptures. Don't believe anything somebody said to you. You need book, chapter, verse. Esau wasn't trying to be restored. He just wanted that. It, it, he wanted the inheritance of his blessings. That's all he wanted. He wanted more because someone else got it. You appreciate something in, when you don't have it more than you do when you do have it. Man, watch this. Hebrews chapter 12. Yes, sir. Reference to someone leaving and coming back. but If you make it back. But you can lose your inheritance sitting, sitting right here. Well, certainly you. Let me, I appreciate that. Listen, let me help you understand something. This is a lot of newer people. Those who've been around know this. They've been taught this and understood. You don't just leave the church. You left long before you walk out the doors. You're leaving your mind. You're leaving your heart. And you're just trying to find a way to justify your actions to yourself so I don't feel so bad about me. And you, if somebody says something to you, someone cross you, then you feel just, you build your case. And then sometimes nobody will say nothing wrong and nobody will cross you. Then it's, it's anything you can justify your actions to yourself. That's, we understand it. So we're not offended with that. Don't care who it is. But most people, you back, I gave you scripture, I didn't make this up. Everything I'm saying, you ought to question me. Don't let me say it freely. The Bible says the backslider is filled with his own ways. In other words, in your heart, it's not the ways of the Lord, it's your ways. Before you backslide naturally, you don't backslide in your heart. Read it, pull it up. A backslider is full of his own ways, backslider in heart. That's before you backslide naturally. Uh, there it is. A backsliding heart shall be what? I can't hear you. And so in your heart, before you do it naturally, your heart is your way of thinking. It's your core of your thinking. You've already backslid in your... Talk to anybody who backslides. They'll tell you, I've been thinking about this for weeks. I've been thinking about this for months. I've been thinking about this for years. You're just trying to justify your behavior. And if you don't tell someone what you're going through in your mind... It's going to germinate. That cockatrike egg is going to break out into a viper. So it's not long before someone walk out the doors. Remember, they've already, here's your words, brother Cody J. You caught yourself. Long before you, you didn't get to fall with you, but you had already in your mind, you said you checked out. You checked out. More people, get, more people who check out get kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> but you caught yourself. You kept your inheritance. It's not on your record. I'm sorry. A saint, Sister Desiree, she saved your soul. She actually saved your soul. You couldn't have got that off your record. You can live it down, but you can't get it off your record. And even if you could have made your way back, we would have saw you as someone who's fragile, double-minded, unstable in all your ways, would have treated you to look good, but we wouldn't have had no confidence in you that you could take correction, so we wouldn't have been able to correct you. You lost that inheritance. She saved your soul. Uh, are, you, are you all following me? Yes, sir. I got a scripture. But we'll take your question first. Thinking about it, what qualifies a person to lose their inheritance? 
I'm asking is, is it a level of maturity? Because you quoted that scripture in Second uh, Peter's, uh, I believe it's chapter 4. And then I was thinking about a scripture in Hebrews chapter 6. It says, it's impossible for those who were once enlightened. And so is that a level of understanding um, good before that person uh, can lose their inheritance? That's a good question. Here's what, this way it gets tricky. This is why God can only judge it. You can't judge it. You don't know what's in a person's mental capacity. You don't know whether or not a person's suffering uh, traumatization. You know whether, because something can traumatize you from your childhood and be made manifest in your adulthood. And so you're only seeing the actions. You don't know a person's state of being. You don't. And so because somebody just necessarily walk out the doors don't mean they have spoiled their inheritance. So how do you know when they spoiled their inheritance, Brother Brown? The scripture shows you. Turn to, you made the statement, and I, that scripture came to my mind when you said it, Sister Chanel, that I was polluting my own blood. That's Ezekiel chapter 16. I want you to read it. And it's just the same thing. God is talking about the nation of Israel. And before he disinherited them, he showed you what they did, how he was able to judge it. And so you're trying to judge through the eyes of God. Because somebody leave don't mean you lost your inheritance. What you do while you leave, you take the good things that God's given you, and you just throw it to the world, you sell it out like the prodigal son, and riotous living. Or do you try to hold to your inheritance, even though you're out the church, do you try to keep your inheritance, keep your integrity, watch what's on your heart, watch what you do. Let's read it real quick. Verse 1 first. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, this is Ezekiel. Please watch this. Son of man calls Jerusalem, that's the people of God, to know her abominations. Now, what did they do that was such an abomination? Verse 3. I want you to watch this. This is one of those passive scriptures. You put it under your fifth rib and never let it get away from you. I don't. And say, Thus saith the Lord to Jerusalem, that's the people of God. Watch this. Your birth and your nativity is of the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. Talking about my mom and my daddy, yes. This is showing you you was nothing but just like the heathens that you, driving, you drove out. This is just like them. As for thy nativity, in the day that thou was born, your neighbor was not even cut. What? You're still living off another source. Neither has thou washed, neither was thou washed in water to supper. In other words, you still polluted. You was polluted. You was worth nothing. And thou was not salted at all. Wow, a water at all. You just nasty. Swaddle. Nothing. That's where we were, all of us. He's talking about Jerusalem. Watch this. Keep reading. You're going to see, Brother Felton. None I pity thee to do any of these things and the things that would clean you up and get you right and teach you how to live without being attached uh, to anything else. To have compassion on thee, but thou was cast out in the open field. Think about a natural baby. Nobody cut the umbilical cord. Nobody washed his baby from his, from his mother's uh, fluids. And, uh, they just cast you out in the field. And the loathing, that's the despising of that person in the day that thou was born. That's a horrible state. But he's saying that's the way you were. That's the way the nation of Israel was, and that's the way we were. Keep reading, though. And when I passed by, here's the difference. And I saw thee, what? Read it with me. 
polluted where? In thy own blood. I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou was in thy blood, live. The Lord is the one that separated us, got this filth off us, and gave us a chance to live. What a wonderful God. Thank you, Lord. Keep reading, though. Verse 7. I have caused thee to multiply as the bud of the field, and thou hast increased, and you wax and great, and thou have come to excellent ornaments, and thy breasts are fashioned. Ornaments is things that you put on to glorify your beauty. He teach you how to rule your spirit. You learned that in the kingdom of God. He told, taught you how to go in and out in front of all people. You learned that in the word of God. He taught you how to put your hands to something and not draw it back. Uh, how you put it, whatever your hand find to do, do it with your, all your might. You learned that in the kingdom of God. When I came and the Lord saved me, I could do anything but hook and crook. That's all I did. I didn't know how to make an honest living. I didn't. It was after the Lord saved me and I couldn't hook and crook no more. He taught me how to sit down and think things through. He taught me how to go back to school. At least get, if enough, you can do it now through agency, but when I was a young lad, I didn't know how to take payroll taxes. Everything was cash and carry. I had to strive lawfully. I had to go to school to learn out how to do payroll taxes. There's no way you can learn it. And so whatever I am at this point in my life, to God be the glory. Nobody took any time. They thought I had some kind of mental issue because I was... What do you call it, ADD? Uh, ADHD. What do you call it, Janita? A hype. I, you know, and I did. I, I was hype. School bored me. I couldn't just sit down. I had to move. I had to do something. And uh, they call you, they call us a mental handicap. It's what the society called. But God took what the world thought was a handicap and made it an asset to me. The fact that I can get it, get it, get it, and do multiple things at the same time. And I can take mental anguish and mental pressure. I can't take any physical, but I can take mental and I can, form, I can sort my way through it. God gave me that through my illness. That's why I told you, you need to stay out of my head and don't help me. Leave me alone. That's my strength. Don't give me no cures. I don't want no cure. Leave me alone. I'm God made. And it works for me. It might not work for nobody. It works for me. And so God did these things. He did the same thing for you when you got here. You didn't know, did you know how to conduct yourself like you do, Brother Sonny? Tell the truth. Huh. Uh, somewhat has got it right. Somewhat. That's why. <laughs> Brother, you can't be in, a, in, in a, a room with people and you in a daze in your phone. You can't be around people and disconnect. Uh, somebody had to correct you. Uh, Brother, you got a job. You're working for Enterprise. You don't have to put a handkerchief, a, a paper towel in your pocket. You can buy your handkerchief, sir. <laughs> I'm just picking on you. But the point is, somebody had to stop you and wash you, cleanse you up and work with you, teach you and talk to you and labor with you and trust God that you can take it and not run off. Because it's going to rub on you the wrong way. Let's keep reading. Put it up. I wonder where my scripture went. <laughs> Listen, and thy hair is grown. In other words, you look like nothing. The world just misused, abused you and just walked past you. The Lord took note of you, cleansed you up, and dressed you up, and made you something desirable. We sing a song, something beautiful, something good. What's the rest of that song? All of my confusion, he understood. Come on. All I had to offer him was what? Broken.
wilderness and strive, but he made what? Something beautiful. Thank God out of my life. Amen. And so that's your inheritance. And to take that and go give it to the world? To give it to Babylon? To take the things God has given me? I didn't earn it. He gave it to me. He worked with me through his ministry, through his people, to take that and just don't value it? Let's keep reading. This is how you know, sir. Uh -huh. When I passed by and looked upon thee, behold, thy time was a time of love. I spread my skirt over. That's an espousement. Remember how that, uh, remember how Boaz took his skirt and he covered up Ruth? I'm going to marry you. And so he, he, uh, he took his skirt over thee and he covered your neck and his yay. I swear unto thee and enter into a covenant. That's a vow. He's going to marry you, said the Lord, and thou became as what? Mine. So I'm espoused to you. I'm in a covenant relationship with you. Well, thank you, Lord. All of us today in this room, you can say God has done that for me. He has done that for me. Thank you, Lord. But here's the issue. Keep reading. Verse 9. Look at his revolt. He's written for our example. I washed thee with water. That's the washing of the water by the word. I taught you the word of God. Yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood. That's the filth of your own life from thee. And I anointed thee with oil. That's the oil of gladness. That's the oil of understanding. I did that for you. I did that for you. Keep reading, verse 10. And I clothe thee. Well, listen, with broader work, that's righteousness. I shod thee with badger skin. That's God covering your life. I girded thee about with fine linen. That's the righteousness of the saint. I cover thee with silk. Keep reading, verse 11. Look what God did. I, deck, I love these scriptures. Don't lose this. I deck thee also with ornaments. When somebody else can't keep their spirit and, and get air in their jaws and mouth off, I, told you to, I taught you how to hold yourself together. Better see that rude spirit and he that take it a city. You don't have to mouth off. I don't have diarrhea at the mouth. I just got to say it. I don't have to say anything. The Bible taught us that a spirit, that the prophet, uh, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. I don't just have to say anything. I have to give you a piece of my mind. Listen, I put bracelets, and I know some of our dear brothers teach against a jury at all, but I tell them this. If wearing jury was a sin, then God is a sinner. Because he's using a metaphor, and he'll never use a metaphor for something wrong to show you something right. If jury is a sin, then he would have never used this. He wouldn't talk like this. He's talking like this because jury was a common thing, and it wasn't considered sin. Now, that's your custom you'd have to wear, but don't try to make that righteousness. Anyway, I decked thee also with ornaments. I put bracelets up on your hand and a chain around thy neck. Sound like jury to me? I put a, listen, don't y'all try this now. I put a jewel in our forehead. You don't do that. Leave that alone. And earrings in our ears. I teach it's just a custom. We don't have that custom. It's not a sin. Somebody having earrings, it's not a sin. You can't make it one. That a fool of itself is showing it's not a sin. We do it just because we choose not to do it. It's a culture. I've never told you that's in the Bible. It's not. I'm not going to lie on the scriptures, and I'm not going to support somebody lying. We just don't do it. We by choice. A beautiful crown upon thy head. Look at this. Look at look what he's doing for this people. Thus was thou decked, listen to this, with gold and silver, and thy raiment, that's your clothes, was a fine linen and silk and broader work, and thou did eat fine flour. That's talking about the good word of God, uncontaminated, and honey and oil. 
and thou was exceedingly beautiful. Who made you that way? God did. That's your inheritance. You didn't earn it. God gave you that. He taught you these things. He taught you how to go on the job and not just survive on the job, but how to give people a little extra. Don't beat. Don't cheat. Don't lie. That's going to cause you to get exalted. You know, if you're on your job, you're constantly arguing with the boss and you're having problems on the job. It's not the boss. It's you. It's your attitude. Maybe you don't speak. Or maybe you come to work on that late. You come to work late or you leave early. You take too long for lunch. Those people who are your boss only want production. When they see you care and you're giving them your best, you get grace. The Bible teaches you how to do that. It teaches you that in the, in the Gospels. And, and uh, uh, I, like how, I like how Paul puts it. You know, he says, uh, uh, servants, that's employees. Be obedient to your master, that's your employer, in all things. Not with I as servants. Of men pleasers, but as a service unto the Lord. If you rule doing those principles, you're going to prosper even on your job. If you're not prospering on your job, it's something about your attitude. That's just a fact. And now we don't like to hear that, but you're going to hear you're going to get washed. They don't like me. Well, make them like you. You can't make nobody like you. Produce. Have the right attitude. Be friendly. They, they after the money. They after the money. Well, they racist. Well, you can overcome racism by production. Hey, I can't hear you. That's how the Lord decked you with gold and with silver. That's how he put an ornament upon you. That's how he make you stand out. That's your inheritance. You didn't earn that. God gives it to you. Can I get a hallelujah? Listen, saints, uh, thou to eat fine flour and honey, and thou was exceedingly beautiful, and thou prospered into a kingdom. This is a royal kingdom, a holy priesthood. Keep reading. Look, what this is for Israel natural. Now look. And now renown, everybody heard about you, went forth among the heathens. You know, here's a person who's nice, and here's a person who's lovely. You know, sometimes people get, you teach them how to comb their hair. They don't even comb their hair. Uh, we had to tell brothers, you know, it's okay to use some underarm deodorant. Uh, you know, water is not your enemy. Bathe on a regular basis. We've got to say these things to people. You know, you take your shoes off and say, look, we have foot fungus. They have things that would help you with that. Well, to talk to people. Well, to teach them that. Keep your hair calm. Look nice. Watch your body weight. Take, eat right. We, we, we address all these things. Well, this is God doing it in his kingdom. Take the scripture literal. When John said, I must decrease, you need to decrease sometime. I mean, just naturally, get smaller. Let them increase. It's showing discipline. You gotta, people get offended with some of our speech, but we got to teach you that. And, uh, but that's the Lord working on you because he wants to present you. When you're on your job and you're in your community, he wants to be able to present you. That's your inheritance, but it brings glory to God. Let's keep reading. Listen. And uh, among the heathen, for thy beauty, and it was perfect through thy loveliness. The word comeness means loveliness. And which I had put upon thee, saith the Lord. Verse 15. Let's keep reading. I had been over this in many years. And thou, listen, but thou didst trust in your own beauty. Wow. But the beauty you got came from God. I got wisdom, and I can go in and out for people, and people like me, and I can do this, and I can do that. Where did you get that from? That's your inheritance. You didn't earn that. God gave you that. 
Look what happened. Keep reading. And thou played as a what? I can't hear you. Thou played as a what? Because of thy renown. Thou pours out thy fornication. That's unlawful joining together. That's spiritual adultery. When you take the good things that God has given you, you've enjoined himself to you, he's made you wise, he's given you understanding, given you knowledge, teach you how to conduct yourself, and you're going to take and give it to the ungodly. That's spoiling your inheritance. Let's keep reading. Uh, thou pours out thy fornication on every side that passed, on everyone that passed by. It was his. His it was. It belongs to God. And so your promotion on your job, sister Vanessa, to God be the glory. He the one taught me. To, you taught me yourself. You weren't too happy to put you in a position, give you the work, but didn't give you the title. And you weren't happy about that. But you talked to your spirit and you brought it under subjection. You talked to yourself and said, I'm going to go and do it anyway. I'm going to hold myself together. Amen. God gave you that until you touched the head of the right person's mind in the apartment and say, hey, Vanessa Patterson, that's the right person. Where do you get it from? God gave you. Otherwise, you would have mopped all. I know you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't doing that. You know, I know you. <laughs> but look what God did. Amen. What he did. Put them hands down. <laughs> I may not like it, Lord, but amen, amen. amen. He done me nothing but good. Why would I not trust him? Yeah. I don't have to understand everything. I just got to obey. Yeah. It's not that complicated. Dive of colors and played the hearted thereupon. In other words, you're drawing all this attention to who you are. Now it's all about self. Flush, not about him that gave you this power to get wealth, not him that gave you the power to go in and out. You're spoiling your resource. You're giving to the ungodly. You're glorifying the wrong thing. Let's keep reading. Listen. Now, play this the hardest, uh, the like things shall not come, either shall it be so. Verse 17. I'm going to try to speed this up. I can't, I'm saying I'm not going to do this for justice. Verse 18, real quick. This is, guess where it gets bad. Verse 17, go back. I want you to watch this. Please read this with me. Let's read it together. Thou hast what? Taken of thy fair, the word fair means beautiful, juries of my gold and of, read it with me, my silver, which I have given thee all the things that are so admirable about you, and thou madest thyself what? Images of men. In other words, you pattern after the world out there with it. And thou didst commit what? Verse 18. And thou tookest the broad garments and covers them. Wow. Thou hast set my oil and my incense before them. You're trying to bring glory out in the world, not in the kingdom of God. You're not using the things that God has enabled and endowed you with and use it for his glory. You're using it out in the world somewhere. Out in Babylon. My Lord. And God gets jealous. Keep reading. Thy meat, that is, understanding the things that are mystery to the world. Also, my, also which I gave thee, thy fine flour and oil and honey, wherewith I fed thee, thou even said it before who? Them. For a sweet Savior. Like you got this understanding of the things of God by yourself. Like God didn't give it to you. Quote a few scriptures and understand and explain the, the sentence of it. You can do that. And the world will admire you for that. 
it'll elevate you. But you're not glorifying God, you're glorifying the flesh. Let's keep reading real quick. Come on. And uh, more without, let me, let's read it together. More without has what? Taking thy sons and thy daughters whom thou hast bore before me, and then what? What do you mean sacrificing them to be the vow? You take these kids and make them superstars on a track team, a baseball team, soccer team. It's my kids. I bless you with them. And now they're out there giving all their endowments to the world. You sold your inheritance. Keep reading. You know what I love? I love, and I believe in keeping kids in activities to keep them balanced. I do. But I never told Liz Liz this. Liz Liz loved gymnastics. And she's quite impressive with it. Flip back, boom, 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 boom. And she can go this, this way, boom, 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 boom. And she can walk the beam, and oh my God, man, this girl, you watch her, she was so strong. You watch her now, she see how broad shoulders is? Extremely strong. Tell her whole arm out, you won't find it. All gymnastics, nothing but pure muscles. And she loved it. And then she told her mother, I'm not going to do it no more. Because it's interfering a lot with church. Interfering with her life. I'm not going to do it no more. What it tells me, a mother and a father, they let them participate in sports, but make them know God comes first. That was, that, was, that was what was put in. Didn't sacrifice them. Didn't sacrifice them. Didn't spoil their resources. That's good for exercise, good for social issues, good for to expand your horizon, just be around different places. My God, there's limitation. LJ played, you wouldn't believe that, but he played all-star basketball. He wasn't never really that good. He couldn't, but he could dribble with both hands. He had an advantage because he was left-handed anyway. And so he could dribble with his right. And so he could get to the goal on anybody. Two or three people couldn't stop him. He could get to the And when he got there, he had problems. He, he missed the layups. I'm sorry, sir. But uh, he could get to the goal. He's played superstar. I mean, all-star. Traveling around the country. Wonderful. But church come first. When your game is on a Sunday, you're going to miss your game. When you practice on a Bible study, you're going to miss your Bible study. Now, any other time you can play. I'll go, I'll be there with you. I'll go take you to practice, sit there and wait. I'll, but if it interfered with the things of God, that's going to be minor. I'm not going to sacrifice you to devils. Amen. And uh, to be honest, you won't get no scholarship no way, so you're just playing for recreation. How you going to get a scholarship and you four foot two? First, except when you're good at it. Except when you really like it. That's what you're teaching them. Yeah, Janita slow as Methuselah, and she ran track. She did it in school. She ran track. <laughs> I won't see what I'm thinking because there's no godliness in it. You can run back and keep up with Janita. <laughs> Literally. But the thing was, she could run forever. She ran distance. She only had one speed, slow. Well, she had two. She could either slow or stop, either one you want. <laughs> but she could run forever. She could run forever. See, I mean, it's the reason for that. She got plenty of practice. But she could run till the sun go down. Wouldn't, I mean, just run forever. And so she was in track. But Bible study night, 
You can run the church, but you ain't running nowhere else. If your track interfering with church, you won't be doing no track today. But I want you to enjoy different activities. But God's going to always be first. You reminded me that, Brother Joshua, you said for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to keep rock, I'm sorry. We're going to keep God first. That's not in words. That's in deed and in truth. He's first. And it's, not, it's not something to compromise. We're not going to compromise. Now, of course, you need to, you know, what everybody else, they miss church. I'm not everybody else, neither are you. This is your inheritance. This is where you inherit righteousness. You do right. So anyway, they didn't understand when he was coming up. I might even, they hadn't told me, sure they resented me for some, to some degree for that. But the parent's job is to raise the child. Child don't raise the parent. I'm responsible for what happens in this house. And nobody likes it, but responsibility is a burden. Sometimes it's people in your house don't understand what you're doing. But you got to bear that burden. That's your burden. It don't say you the head if they understand. You the head, period. Head means not boss, responsible. That's what I try to teach these brothers. You got to do right. If you got support, if you don't, you still have to do right. That's your integrity. But anyway, let's finish this up. Uh, go on down, and I won't read all of it, but you'll see how they took the things that God gave them freely. It's an inheritance. And they gave it to the world. So, brother, felt when someone take the good things God has given them, and they give it to Babylon, they give it to the world, they spoil their inheritance. It's bringing glory to their flesh, like God didn't give you the ability. You're not using it in the kingdom of God. You're not using it for the people of God. You're using it for fleshly gratification. And sing, it don't matter. We're not impressed. You can't be before the people. So I can't put you in front of the people. You've got to sit down. I'm sorry. Oh, huh. if you could hear me, bless the people. No, we don't want be something that God has cursed to be a blessing. Call it a blessing. You've given your strength to the cruel. You can't come back in and offer polluted sacrifice. Now, you live it down and so on and so forth, and if God see fit, he touches our minds, okay, well, they don't live it down. But you lost your inheritance. We can't just impute to you that you're going to do right. We can't impute to you that you're going to be faithful. We can't impute to you that you're going to have stick to this. We did it the first time, but now you have to, you lost that. You got to prove yourself. Are you all following me? Uh, let's go to real quick before time. I can go on. I think you're getting the point, though. You're getting the point. When you first come to the kingdom of God, righteousness is imputed to you, the best for you, think you're going to do what's right, it's imputed to you. It's just given to you. This is why when you treat new people a certain way, you're not pretending. All you see is someone's going to do right, someone's going to make the change, someone's going to be up. You don't even consider anything else until the person proves something else. And if they take their goods, they ball, they bat, and they go out into the world, go into religion, you don't prove. Uh, this is a hard scripture. I don't like it. Proverbs 6, a brother. Uh, in other words, for a piece of bread, that person will sell you out. For a piece of bread. But you got to be like Moses. I'd rather suffer affliction. Even if you afflicted me, I'd rather suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for what? You Bible students. And so you go back this real quick, and I want to stop. Uh, I, I know you, somebody made a statement. It's the truth. The mind can only obtain as much as the seat can uh, uh, tolerate and endure. But you can't sit in those seats too long. Your mind don't, 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 can't hear no more. I need to get out the seat. I won't let you go. 
but I think you're grabbing the essence of it. Uh, but go to, uh, what is it, Hebrews 12? Oh, I want you to see this point to be made about these two. Neither one of them got back their inheritance. You're not going to get it back once you spoil it. Uh, Uh, let's go for the sake of time. Look at verse 15. Well, I'll read verse 14. I'll just try to make, see, it doesn't stop though. Uh, I'll have to be, okay. Verse one, verse 12, forgive me. Wherefore lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees. Feeble knees mean you're, you're wobbling. You, this is showing you a process. You'll read it. It starts wobbling, feeble knees. Make straight path for the feet don't be in and out and hit and miss and dip and dab. Make straight path for your feet unless, that's what the word less mean. It means unless that which is lame, that's that person, be what? I can't hear you, be what? Turn out of the way, out of the way, the way the Lord has shown us to go. But let it, that lame feet, let it rather be healed. So you got to seek, you got to seek a bomb that's in Gilead. Then he tells you, follow peace with all men. Don't argue with people and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligent, listen to this, lest any man fail of the what? Get this, lest there be any root of bitterness springing up troubling you. What do you mean, thereby many be defiled? When you're missing out with God, and people miss out with God all the time, you blame somebody else. You get bitter in your spirit because you done missed out with God, and you know you done missed out. And you can pretend you don't know, but you know you done missed out. You know you're making a wrong turn. Listen to this. Read it. I didn't make it up. Read it. Uh, lest there be any, I can't hear you, lest there be any what? Fornicator or what? As who? That's your record. Who for one morsel of meat, of bread, he did what? He sold his birthright. He sold it for a moment of pleasure. Sold it for some self-gratification. Sold it. Sold it. Didn't value it. Listen to this. For you know that afterwards, when he should have been, when he should have, I can't hear you, inherit. See, it is an inheritance. Inherit what? The blessing. He was what? He should have gotten the blessing. He was rejected for he found no place of repentance, though he saw it, what he was re Repentance he was seeking was to get the blessing. Not to honor his mother, honor his father. He was. It's nothing to do whether or not he was uh, still loved because the father did the same thing that the prodigal father did to the prodigal son. Uh, the son of the prodigal father. The father of the prodigal son. He still was in favor with the father. Go back and read it. Isaac didn't, didn't, didn't curse him. He blessed him. Matter of fact, he became the follower of Edomites and gave him the land of Esau. The Lord rewarded him, he did. Gave him 12 princes. Did, done great things for him, but he still never got his blessing. Got a lot of good things, but didn't get the blessing. The same thing with the prodigal son. They got the same end. He got a golden ring, killed a fatty calf, got a robe put on him, but he still lost his inheritance. When the father died, everything the father had went to the other son who stayed with him. Uh, that's enough. I'll stop because I think you get the, I'm sure you got the understanding. Point is this. 
Value your inheritance. Value the people of God. Where is it? It tells you twice. It's among those that are sanctified. When you leave the sanctified, you've lost your inheritance. It's people who are set apart for the master's use. When you leave that, you've lost your inheritance. When you go out in the world and you use whatever good things God has given you in the kingdom, now you're just selling your inheritance. It's what you're doing. You're just selling your inheritance. You're spoiling it like the prodigal son. Amen. Amen. But I'm going to say like Paul said, I'm going to sway the better things of you, things that accompany salvation. It's been a while since we went over these things. And uh, once you can see it, you understand. You understand. You do. And I'm not offended when people lose their way. I'm not angry with you because it's not, it's not personal. It's not. You didn't keep your mind stayed on him. He'll keep you in perfect peace who's what? Mind is state. You didn't do that. You didn't do that. It was a little slumber, a little sleep. So poverty and the things of God came upon you like an armed man. Your house got spoiled. I'm not angry with you. Uh, the flesh just rock you and rock you until it rock your spiritual man to sleep. And that's why Paul tells you, awake to righteousness. Wake up. That's the minister's job is to keep shaking you. If not, your flesh will rock your soul to sleep to the things of God. Amen. But thank God I'm glad I want my inheritance on this side and I want eternal life. What about you, saints? I'm on both sides and God has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness. He having a promise that's your inheritance, promise of life that now is and that which is to come. That's your inheritance. I want it. I want it. I absolutely want it. I value it. I cherish it. And I give God the glory for it and for the honor. And I'm not going to take the things of God and give it to the ungodly or to religion. I'm just not going to do it. I didn't pay for it, but it cost Christ his life. I'm going to talk about myself, nobody else. I couldn't walk right if you, if you put a gun to my head. Every thought I thought was crooked. Look what the Lord has done. May he scrape path for my feet. None for me to look back to. Nothing. Amen. What about you? Do you have the same testimony? Uh, you look at people, you think it's what they always been. You wouldn't believe it. Brother Michael had a place called the Fool on the Hill. Nightclub. Brother Mike hang out. You took Sister Cheryl over there, sir? Hey, thank you, Sister Cheryl. I'm glad you didn't go. Why don't you sell your birthright if no brother Mike? He wasn't brother. You went to Beatus. I didn't see you at B. Oh. <laughs> Everybody come from somewhere, but look what I am now. Amen. Amen. I leave the fool on the hill and Beatus left to somebody else. I didn't never, no, I saved, but never went across the threshold. Beatus again. Right there in Tipito. I passed by it many times. Never had an urge to go there again. Never went across that threshold from the day the Lord saved me. Amen. Do you still juke? <laughs> I do, but I juke for the Lord. Amen. Wake up in the morning, got all my money, my head ain't hurt. Best life ever lived. <laughs> Amen. Not doing nothing illegal. Gave up, the, gave up the organic life. Gave up all that. Uh, got the best of the trade, though. Let's pray.
uh, for these needs. We do have ongoing needs. A little bit late today. Can you put them up for us, please? It's a good life, isn't it, saints? Oh, God, it's the best life I've ever lived. Just to have understanding. They have eyes to see. God give you the ability to proceed. What a wonderful life. Nothing comes upon you unaware. Nothing. What a wonderful life. Lay down and go to sleep. Another toss and turn. Bible said he give his beloved what? Give him sleep. It's vain for you to stay up at night and to uh, eat the bread of sorrow. Except the Lord keep the city. The watchman what? Go to bed. You got to worry about it because you can't fix it. If you can't fix it, why are you worrying about it? Give it to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray for uh, myself and Sister Grace. She has to have knee replacements, both of them. And uh, myself, I need to get my other one done just so I can walk straight. Can you imagine what it's like to walk with a straight leg and walk with one that's bowed? It sounds comical. Yeah, it's funny to you because you don't have to do it. One leg is strong. You can feel the That's the stowball leg, knee. I mean, it's your stowball. God didn't make it mechanical. You know, I bought that. Well, the insurance company paid for it, but I still had to buy it. <laughs> and it's, it's straight and it's strong. And you have no problem with it. There's one reason you don't have a problem with it. Because metal and plastic don't have nerves. nerves. You don't feel them with the knee. But I need nice and strong. Boom, boom, boom. And the other one say, hey, hey. <laughs> you don't want me out. <laughs> it's still talking to you. My Lord. So we're going to fix it. We'll do both of them. Get them over with. In good days. When she's going through the, uh, the treatment, Brother uh, Willard Ray Robertson was telling me yesterday, uh, sometime it takes a couple of weeks for her to get her full strength back. But then she's tired. She has bad days. So let's keep her in our prayer. Uh, Let's remember um, Sister Lawson's daughter, both daughters, Mitra. Yes, I thought that's a, I won't say it. That's a Demetra in the Bible. No longer need us, and that'll be fine. Until then, we want. Um, and we want the right concept. You know, you don't raise a child to be your child. You raise a child to be an adult. And when you have a sister similar, you don't want that assembly to be your daughter. That you're always over them. For them to grow up, that they can be self-sufficient. That's what you're after. And so we don't want lordship. It's in the articles of incorporation anyway. You couldn't do it if you tried. This church can never be a mother church over anybody. Because we don't, that's not Bible order. You can be a sister church, and when they grow long enough that they don't need you as an older sister, then amen. I'm happy for you. Is that all right? And so let's keep that kind of concept. We don't want that pecking order. Uh, I was talking to a brother yesterday named Brother Ellis, and and uh, and uh, his name is town uh, Richland. Uh, we need to go up and see them. His church is split. Most of the people left because they wanted to be under the Houston church. And uh, he refused to do so. He said he's under Christ. And so, and made their petition known, and it was given permission to go, go to Vicksburg, go somewhere out, leave the church. And so they left. He and I had a long conversation yesterday. Uh, and it's for years. And he was honest enough with me. Uh, Brother Brown, when you used to say that was offensive to me. He said, now I'll see what you're saying. 
control. Let's help him. We indebted to him. How many remember the hurricane? I don't know, forget it. It was a very time in our life. And uh, it was during the time of the virus, between uh, the COVID-19. And so they came and did what? Stayed in that hot dormitory back there. In the dark. They stayed there all night. And that's, I can't speak with them personally. They all night, the, the mosquitoes would They let the windows down and the heat would get them. They stayed here three nights or so, all night, and got up in the morning and worked in that hot sun on the roof for three days for nothing. Wouldn't take a dollar. How many remember that? They came to help because we was in need. And we didn't ask for it, but they didn't ask me could they help. They just came. They told me when they was coming. They, I said, well, you know, we'll be okay. No, Brother Brown, we want to do this. And they came. He, his son, I, I must have been about six or seven of them. And so we're indebted to them, not just because of that, because we be brothers. And so we like to go up maybe a Saturday, maybe two Saturdays, go up as many as we can, and hold his hand up. Your mom was going to do so. He said, well, I sure could use it, Brother Brian. That's his words to me. I sure could use it. And we be brothers. I owe you. I owe you. God has given us more than the heart could desire. I mean, not that a church won't have issues, but it won't split, I can tell you that. Well, how can you say that so arrogantly, Brother Brown? It won't go that far. When I see insurrection on the backside of the tabernacle, people getting together, we're going to bust it up. Go somewhere, but you can't, you can't stay here. We're not going to let it get that far. So uh, I'm going to call your supervisor for heaven. I'm going to talk to your overseer. you got to call heaven. There's no place on this earth that you can appeal to that can dictate to this ministry. And it's so deep in the hearts of the men, when I'm off the scene, they're going to close rank and you're still going to have the same government. It's called New Testament order. And it shall not be broken. And well, my pastor's over there. That's where you need to go. Brother Gene, what's Brother Gene? Brother Gene got in trouble. I was in France. And uh, I'll, I'll say this. It was a Haitian meeting. Hundreds and hundreds of ministers. And one of the dear brothers, uh, one of the seven, what they call themselves, got up and started telling them that if you're a Haitian, you're under this Haitian ministry. I don't care where you are on the earth. All Haitians subject to this ministry. Talking about from Haiti, but it was in France for this meeting. And so I asked the brother next to me, I said, did he say such and such? He said, that's what he said. I couldn't believe it, so I stood up. I said, did you say that all Haitian people, no matter where they are on the globe, they have to report back and their loyalty is to you seven? Say yes, sir, Brother Brown, that's the way it is. I say, sir, when I get home, I'm going to tell everybody of Haitian descent, if your allegiance is to seven brothers in Haiti, get your duffy bag and go back to Haiti. Wherever your allegiance is, that's where you should be. Why are you here and your allegiance somewhere else? You need to go to where your allegiance is. That's out of order. And so, of course, we got into a heated discussion about that. Finally, Brother as he always do, brother, after days got up. He said, let's give the Lord a praise. <laughs> I wasn't through yet. It wasn't time to pray. Uh, yeah. uh, let's just all love one another. I am loving them. <laughs> so he stopped us. He had to stop because he was getting bloody. <laughs> wasn't no blood on me, though. <laughs> but no, you can't do that. That's out of order. Brother Gene, you suffered for that, didn't you? I'm sorry. I know you did. They jumped on you for my talking like that. 
That's about exactly right. How are you going to be in Shreveport, Louisiana Assembly and your legion somewhere else? That's out of order. And like a woman marrying a man. She's married to that husband, but her allegiance to her daddy in another city. You need to go home to your daddy then. Or a woman marrying a man, and he's married to this woman, but his allegiance to his mama. Well, you need to go back and find your mama. That's out of order. Brother LJ, you love his mama, but you married his sister Fabby. Leave my wife alone. Got your own wife. You, got your, you have your own wife. That's my Amen. Okay, just make sure we got it. we're on order. Amen. And see, these are things you inherit in the kingdom of God, just some understanding of order. Amen. So let's all rise. And those who are we're testifying to, those who are wounded, confused, and scattered, aren't you thankful, saints of God? I'm glad, as he said in Psalm 16 and 5, these lines, our inheritance found us to fallen unto us to a good place. It brought us to a good place, a good state. A good condition of mind. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Amen. So we bind the truth and we're going to sell it not. Let's go before the Lord. We thank you here today, Lord, for your good mercy, for your favor, and your grace. Thank you for the good way you taught us, Lord, the way you've led us, the straight paths you made for our feet. Before we go, I know it's a long day today. Brother Paul. Yes, sir. We forgot to mention the Giggs family and the Lawsons. Oh, thank you. The Lawsons and the Giggs. I spoke to Sister Giggs yesterday. I spoke to her yesterday. She's holding up well. The Giggs, they have a legacy. I don't know if Sister Alice remember this or not, but the church in Monroe was nothing but the Giggs and the Lawsons. That's all they were. That's all they need no more. They had like 17, 18 kids, each one of them. 12? It was 12? That's close enough to 17. That's close enough. Anyway, they intermarried. And so the whole church is gigs and losses. But they're good, dedicated, faithful people. That's what they were. That was the whole church. And then eventually others came in. But if it wasn't for that, those two families, it wouldn't even be a church in London. That's where they were. That's Brother David. Brother David uh, Giggs is Brother uh, Joy uh, cousin. cousin. They intermarried. But they're good people with a good legacy, with good inheritance. Let's please, let's pray for that family. They're good people. They're worthy of our prayers. So let's remember them. Thank you, Brother LJ. Let's bless the Lord with our substance. Uh, appreciate your faithfulness on, on giving through Zooms and social media. And we're, we're Moving toward graduating to the point that even on Sundays, we won't have to receive an offering. Mind you, you'll be faithful enough that even on Sunday, you'll do like We're getting there a step at a time. It's transition. It's offering time.
track Oh, I've had enough of sin Yes, I love this place within So give me
Clean up team number two. Always count on team one to tell you when it's team two turn. Clean up team number two. <laughs> also, let's remember we have a church cleanup on uh, March the 9th at 8 a.m. Um, any other announcements? That's it. Um, would like to meet ministry after meeting with the deacon at 3 o'clock. And when I say young people, it's not just by age. Just I always go speak to them before the meeting. I say, good morning, young people. And it's the older young people that speak more enthusiastic than the young people. But um, appreciate your sacrifice, your labor, your practicing. Uh, Y'all sounding wonderful, sounding good. We were dedicated to keep the grass up. I know Brother Ray came out Friday, different ones. It makes a difference. Care. And how many enjoyed that meal last Sunday? I thought we were going to get grits and eggs. I pleasantly surprised had it. I don't feel bad. I took a plate home. I had your pork. But I appreciate, I don't say it frequently. Just kind of expect us to be who we are. But I do appreciate, as Brother LJ said, all your sacrifice, faithfulness. Wouldn't be who we are without you. Make up. God bless everyone. Love you all. You're dismissed.